Everybody, this is Dave Householder, is that right? That's right. Householder. How about a round of applause for our visitor? We've got a couple of quick announcements and what he wants to get into. So, before he does that though, is there any new people in the house? New people, first time to communitize? Woo! Welcome! We have a little thing uh, so we can stalk you a little bit. This is, uh, no, this is just a. If you want, we can put it on a high-tech, a high-tech uh, sheet you get on the computer, as you can see. And it says name and email, and if you can put your name and email, it's a way we can tell you what's going on. So, I'll start with you, if that's cool, if you want. No pressure, everyone's watching, it's on. No. And just pass that round, that's for the Communitas update that goes out every week. We throw on some cool things for social events and what's going on in the life of Communitas. I don't know much about this, but Paul told me about a hikers group. Is anyone here doing the hiking group? Yeah, is that starting this Saturday? Yes. Starting this Saturday and they're meeting... Meet here at 10 o'clock if you want to ride cool. carpool. And we're going to Taylor's Falls oh. if you want to just go out there. Meet us out there. And it's just kind of an all-day event. Like, I'm sure some people will leave at different times. But... Cool. Taylor's Falls meeting here at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Sorry. So that's the hikers group and that's going Bring on a lunch. Saturday. Bring some lunch. Bless you. Bless you. Double whammy. <laughs> Workday, we're kind of, I think every well, couple of Saturdays and every now and again we're going to get around here and, and do some more work that needs to be done in the house downstairs and whatever else needs to happen. Yeah. So you can come anytime from 9am onwards, you can rock up here and Paul will give you a shovel and get you to work, so, or whatever else needs to be done. Uh, the Norwegians are coming the 16th of this month. <laughs> Norwegians, the whole country is just showing up, so be ready. Um, learn the language, you know, learn the lingo. So we've got a whole bunch of Norwegians coming out, fiery people. They hang out with, um, they've been to Bethel a few times, the Blue Johnson's crew, and they're really about going on treasure hunts and just going after that kind of stuff, so... Paul and a few others, uh, Kate as well, and a few others are heading up some, some activities. Team Money, are you in on that as well a little bit? Yeah. So you'll see it on the update, some stuff that's going on. Um, they're doing a few things at different churches and different things during the week. So there'll be plenty of chances to jump on it, on that and, and get involved. Oh, we also need a car, or if you have multiple cars, to maybe they can drive around. Um, so if you are uh, in, gifted in the area of faith and you want to lend some Norwegians uh, a vehicle, we can pray for you there. Anybody have one that Anyone that, that may, may could? Because we're going to rent cars for them if we can't find cars. We'd be glad to rent, but if we can save the money, we don't mind saving. Anybody have an extra card? What are the dates again? For the 16th to about the 20... 29th. 29th. So about two weeks, two and a half weeks. <laughs> You can email. There's one here. Ooh. No, Norwegians might be able to drive. Norwegians are European. Come on. But I'm going to be gone in Seattle for that whole time, so. Wow. That might work. I'll tell you what. <laughs> we'll take it because I'll I'll give them mine oh. and drive yours. Okay, perfect. Cool. Because ours is big. How many, how many seats? I think you guys stick in Norway a lot anyway. Four or five, but it's two doors. Okay. I mean, it's two doors. Oh, that's two. Yeah. That's right. Last thing is uh, Shane in the house. Shane. Shane, what's going on? Something about a canoe trip? That's true. Memorial Day. 
um, the 25th, Monday. Uh, I'd like to see if there's any interest in, in taking a canoe trip down the St. Croix. Oh, yeah. So I just kind of get, get an idea of the count of interest, because it does require some reservations. Mm. So uh, let me know afterwards if you're interested in that. Uh, it will cost some money, probably about uh, 20 bucks or so, if you're splitting a canoe or something with someone else. But uh, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. And that's, Hands up know, if you might be interested in that. 20 more more of the day to see a rough, just so you can start thinking about. It's about 10 people. Get here out here. A canoeing trip on. On Memorial Day, St. Croix River. Talk to Shane if you want. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Shane. And Paul's got one announcement. And Kara told you about this last week, sponsoring a child through Compassion International. Some of you have already done it. Some of you are thinking about doing it. There's stuff out on the table here, not on the food table, but on the other table. If you're interested, take one and uh, instructions. Oh, one more thing before we head over to Dave is... Clint's heading to... He's getting blasted by the spirit back there, but he's okay. Clint's going to uh, Alaska, am I right, brother? And doing a whole bunch of stuff out there, like nice and loud. So fishing for men. Fishing for men. I like it. So he'll be going all summer. So does someone out there want to pray really loudly for him while he's there? Anybody else going? Maybe going all summer? Not going to be around? Okay. Let's pray for you. Um, no. We can pray for you now anyway. Let's pray for him both. Okay. Someone want to lead out and just pray for these guys to go on for the summer trips? Holy Father, we ask that you give them protection and guidance, give them words of wisdom, mm. and give them the uh, enjoyment and your joy of your spirit as they go forth to these places to, to fish and for knife men, but for people, uh, whether on the boat or on the dock or wherever they may be, Father God. Yes. Yes, we bless them in Jesus' name. Bless them. Bless them. Bless today, our speaker, once again, Lord. Fill him and overflow, and uh, we just open our hearts to whatever you've got to uh, to say through him, and uh, we just bless him and welcome him once more in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Stuff safe. Okay, Genesis 37. They told me to use the microphone so you guys can hear outside. Can you? We gotcha. You guys hear out the front driveway, out the garage, everywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Genesis 37, I need to tell you that my biggest struggle in the last five years has been discouragement. And I'm going to talk about Joseph and discouragement. Discouragement almost cost me my relationship with my son, who is now 20, and it didn't, but it was close. And if you can look at my ministry in four quarters, it wrecked the third quarter. And it was all discouragement. And uh, I have come back from that, and I want to tell you the story of coming back from discouragement. And... Uh, in any group this large, and this is a really large group, there's going to be people whose primary emotion right now is discouragement. And we're going to do some ministry time at the end. And what I'm hoping is some of the stuff I've been through can help some of the things you're going through. And for those of you who aren't discouraged, you're blessed because you can pray over people tonight. And if you're not facing discouragement now, you will. Uh, it, 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 it's one of those things that come. The Bible says in this world you have tribulation. But have courage because Christ has overcome the world. So I'm going to give you some practical things that work for me. They may not work for you. but So don't feel bad that there's something wrong with you if what worked for me doesn't work for you. But I'm going to look at Joseph. We're going to look at the story of Joseph. And we're going to look at discouragement. And I'm so eager to get to this. I need to just relax and slow down. Because I, I was just waiting for the announcements to get done. And I just, just enter. <sighs> Folks. You need light, David. If you need light on your Bible, uh, 
Like, you okay? What? Just put it on and see if he likes it. Close your eyes, just like turn on the bathroom light at night. Here we go. Is it plugged in? I, I just, I'm just fine with that. Yeah. I want to talk just for a second about being in a hurry. Before I get started. So this is like the message before the message. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah it's working. I just learned something this week about being in a hurry. I was leaning out of a conversation with someone because I wanted to get onto a conversation with someone else. How many you ever leaned out of a conversation with someone? Just, you know, how do I get? How do I show my body language to this person that I want to get out of this conversation, get to another one? And the Lord convicted me. He says, "Talk to the person who's with you." I said, "Well, I'm in a hurry." And I've never heard this number from God before, but he says, relax. You have trillions of years ahead of you. There's more years ahead of you than there are dollars in the bailout plan. You know, the, 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 just slow down. I think it's really important if we want to experience God for us to stay in the moment. For us to talk to the people we're talking to. I think we can miss life if we're leaning out. And this is just like a week ago, but I was so convicted that ever since then I've been paying attention to each conversation. I've been, I, if I'm talking to someone, I'm with that person. I've got trillions of years. Folks, if you're in a hurry, you're just mistaken. We have lots of time ahead of us. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have eternity ahead of you. If you have eternity ahead of you, there's lots of time for everyone you're talking to. I can't speak for your generation, but I know that my generation is often too much in a hurry in conversations. And we just let's end this and move on to the next one. Let's, you know, uh, all this. I just think that's wrong. And I hope that during the week you'll have a chance to really abide because God doesn't live in the future. He doesn't live in the past. He lives in the present because the present is the only thing that's real. If the past is real, I'd like you to bring me there. Uh, you, you can't. And. Someday there will be time travel. Folks, you can't travel to a place that isn't there. Past is not there. It's not there. What's there is the present, and the beauty of a relationship with God is being in the present. And if you're in the present, you're going to notice God. And we encounter God when we notice that He's here. And we notice that He's here when we're spending time with people, and we're relaxed. Love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, and show up for it. Be there. Societies can encourage you to go faster. But you know what? You're going to do your best work when you're not speeding up and you're not in a hurry. Are you your most creative when you're in a hurry? When you're feeling rushed? Are you doing your best work at work? Those of you who have jobs, are you are you connecting well with that person? If you're not, so take your time. We're going to abide in the word tonight. I'm going to invite you to be very present. I know a lot of you guys have done a lot of living today. It's easy to go back and, and think about all that stuff, but then you're living in the past. And God is not there, because there is no there. God is here. And in ministry time tonight, God is going to touch some of you in a way you haven't been touched before. And during that ministry time, God is going to be very present with you. When the Apostle Paul got hammered by the presence of God on the way to Damascus, that was a very present moment. He wasn't meeting the God of history. He was meeting the God of now. So let's look at Genesis 37. 
If we could do that. Genesis 37, we're going to look at Joseph. Are you guys old enough to know about Donnie Osmond and Joseph? The, the musical? Go, 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 Joseph. Go, 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 Joseph. Verse 1. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, his son being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. You guys ever met a Zilpah? Mm. I haven't either. Just, just wondering. <laughs> There's all these unused Bible names that you can use for your kids. You know, just, just my daughters, Bilhah and Zilpah. Just don't name your son Judas. Really bad Bible name. Really bad Bible name. Don't go there. And Joseph brought a bad report to them to their father. He was a snitch. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. I have a brother, Tim, who lives in Cottage Grove, who was the favorite. Tim the favorite. Another brother, Mike, who was the perfect one. How many of you have sibling issues? <laughs> my brother, Tim, I mean, I got a rusty Schwinn Continental. My brother, Mike, got a used car. My, my mother went to work to pay off Tim's debt on his credit card. So you, you get the impression as to who had the favor in the family. I don't have issues or anything. I just wanted to share that. I, I don't want to do therapy with you guys. <laughs> But I understand the Joseph thing, because I understand my brother Tim, and I understand the kind of favor he had in the family. But I want you to look at Joseph, and Joseph had some dreams here coming up. Yeah. And Joseph, if you hear nothing else tonight, Joseph believed he was all that. And folks, you may think it was ego, but I'm going to show you a verse that shows you it wasn't ego. I'm going to show you a verse in Genesis that shows you where this was coming from. He had a sense about him that came out of his relationship with God and his trust in God's power. Remember I said we're going to talk about discouragement tonight? I have fought with discouragement in the last few years. I think I'm winning. God's winning. But I want to use a Bible character who is able to operate in confidence. Now, Joseph got thrown in a pit by his brothers, and they had an argument over there, we're going to let him die or sell him into slavery. Now, some of you had dysfunctional families, probably not that bad. Should we let him die or should we sell him into slavery? What are we going to do with Joseph? Joseph could have been very, very discouraged. Goes off to Egypt ends up working in Potiphar's house. For those of you not as familiar with the Bible, Potiphar was a rich guy, ended up working in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife was hot. And had the hots for Joseph. And he didn't want to dishonor his employer. So he goes from the pit to a great job to jail. This is really not a great career path for those of you considering, you know, where you're going to be heading in life. The pit, good job, jail. 
He goes to jail, and if you want to read the whole kind of rest of the story, all kinds of things happen here with Joseph's dreams. He tells, he interprets dreams for one of the officials there, and then the Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt, has some dreams. Go to 41, if you would, Genesis 41. Genesis 41. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows attracted and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows. Obviously, in the Bible, fat is beautiful. Skinny is not. And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven years of grain, plump and good, were growing on the one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning, his spirit was troubled. How many of you have woken up in the last oh, yeah. week with your spirit troubled by the stuff you're thinking about? I mean, just you're just not sure what it is. The dream is gone, but the, the emotion is there. Oh, yeah. This happened to me this week. I, I woke up, and I just troubled, and I couldn't remember what the dreams were, but the emotion was oh, sort yeah. of residual. Mm-hmm. And I just, ugh, you know? It, it felt like I'd been slimed at night. It just Something has happened, and I couldn't remember the dream, but I just, yeah. the, the leftover emotion was, was there. And Pharaoh went through this. So he asks, you know, how are we going to get someone to interpret this dream? And the official who had his dreams interpreted said, oh, I remember now. I promised to put in a good word for this guy, but I forgot. His name's Joseph, and he, he can interpret dreams. Now, Joseph kept bouncing back because he believed he was all that. And you may think, well, that's just his ego. But I'm going to show you the verse that shows you it's not his ego. The guy's been in jail. He gets brought before the Pharaoh. Go to verse uh, 15, if you would. Pharaoh's called Joseph. He gets his lucky break. He's in front of the king. This is his chance. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. I've heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Folks, this is like a lob to Michael Jordan. <laughs> and he's thinking, this is my chance yeah. to puff up my ego. Yeah, I could do that. But does he do that? Mm-mm. He doesn't do that, which shows you what his spirit was really like. His spirit was not yeah. full of ego. His spirit was full of God. Mm-hmm. And when your spirit is full of God, folks, you bounce back from the pit, you bounce back from jail, yeah. you bounce back from anything. Because yeah. when the Spirit of God is with you, you can do anything. And Joseph knew that. Joseph felt that. Joseph, from a very young age, thought he was special, but it wasn't because he was somehow his ego was better. It was because of this next verse. I mean, he has a chance to puff himself up. If you ever get a chance to puff yourself up like this, this is one of them, and he didn't take it. The bait was there, the hook was in it, and he did not bite on it. You've been in jail. Folks, you wouldn't even want to go to a Mexican jail. Can you imagine an Egyptian jail in B.C. times? <laughs> Think you didn't want to get out of there? 
This was his chance. He was, yeah, I could do that. And he doesn't do it. Verse 16, Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. I don't have what it takes to do it. I, I can't do it. You're mistaken. I can't do it. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. I can't do it. God can't. I can't do it. God can't. Who's God going to use? God's going to use us. You know, in the book of Psalms, we could do a whole study on this. We don't have time to go there. but There's a verse which you probably know by heart, sort of. It says that God made us a little lower than... It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. The King James Version says that because they were afraid to translate what the Hebrew really says. And all the modern versions say this. God made us, in the original Hebrew, a wood shaving lower than God. They were afraid to write that, so they wrote an angel. So that can't be true. A wood shaving lower than God. Folks, you were made in the image of God. If God wants to do something in this world, He's going to work through that part of creation that's the most like Him. And that's us. That's us. It's not the rocks. It's not the trees. They're pretty. It's not the dolphins. It's not the dogs. I like dogs. It's not the cats. I love cats. I've got two cats at home. One of them nervous, one of them stupid. <laughs> Dusty, our cat, has a one-digit IQ. Just looks at you like, do I live here, my cat? I don't know. You know, so we have a really dumb cat. I love our cats. I miss my cats. I'm looking forward to seeing my cats tomorrow, but one of them stupid. Now, if God wants to change the world, he's not doing it through Dusty. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to split the Red Sea with a cat. He's just not going to do it. God is going to choose that part of creation closest to him, and that would be you. And Joseph knew that. Joseph knew that about himself, and he knew that he was special. Folks, you are not special compared to the person next to you. There is nothing about you that makes you more special than the other person. In fact, that's just a goofy cultural thing. Everyone in this room is infinitely valuable. And infinite is equal. Infinite is equal to infinite. This is why the unborn are infinitely equal. This is why the elderly are infinitely equal. This is why your great-grandmother with dementia is equally valuable to you. We are equally valuable as human beings because we bear the thumbprint of God. Amen. And Joseph knew that about himself. And folks, when you know that about yourself like Joseph knew that about himself, you'll never have to be discouraged. Come on. And I need to learn that about myself, and I am learning that about myself, and I'm learning to beat discouragement. Because discouragement cost me the third quarter of my ministry in, in a big way. Nothing went wrong. Folks, nothing went wrong. You know what went wrong? My courage. And I started getting discouraged. And the enemy beat me in the third quarter. And I look back at the third quarter, and looking back objectively, I was winning. But it felt like I was losing. And I believed the lies. And I believed the lies that I was losing. And it almost wrecked my relationship with my only child. I was so discouraged about that relationship that I almost gave it up. And there's no reason for that. We're getting along real well now because I've learned not to be discouraged. And not because I'm all that, because I'm not. I'm all that because God lives in me. Turn to Colossians 1.27 if you'd be so kind to do that. Colossians 1.27, it's hard to believe this is in the Bible. There's a lot of verses, it's hard to believe it's in the Bible. 
Colossians 1. Jack Hayford out in California. I pastor in California. I want to be just like Jack Hayford when I grow up. Jack, he's just my hero because he's so full of the fruit of the Spirit. And I follow him around and I go to his stuff and I just, I'm hopeless around him. And I asked him, I said, Jack, what's the one thing you would do different now that you're retiring from the church on the way? And you retired from the church on the way about, I don't know how many years ago, but not that many. He says, what would you have done differently? He says, I would have brought people into the book of Ephesians and I would have gone over with them who they are in Christ and I wouldn't have done another book of the Bible until they got it. Because people don't know who they are in Christ. And he says, you can't teach them anything else until they know who they are in Christ. Joseph knew who he was in God. He knew who he was in God. It didn't matter if he was in the pit. It didn't matter if he was in jail. Didn't, he would tell the truth no matter what the situation was because he knew he was infinitely valuable. And folks, he wasn't afraid to die. Yeah. And neither was Jesus. Jesus, think about it. Jesus was willing to give of himself, give of his life, because he knew there was more where that came from. He knew that if he gave his life on Friday, there'd be more life coming on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And folks, if you give your life for God, and some of you may well, with the things we're facing mm-hmm. in the world, some of you may well. And you need to look at that stuff thinking, there's more where that came from. There's more life where that came from. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that. I've got trillions of years ahead of me. Folks, people can cut off your head and you've got trillions of years ahead of you. Come on. Colossians 1.27. We can't do the whole book of Ephesians, so I'll give you one verse from Colossians. <laughs> it took me a year and a half to get through Galatians at our church, so you don't want that tonight. 1.27. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Folks, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If that's true, and I have happen to think every word of the Bible is true, Amen. if that's true, that should change the way we look at things. I was in Psalm 114 this morning. You'll turn to that. I'm reading through the Psalms. I've never done that before. I've read through the Psalms before, but never. I'm just spending a whole year on the Psalms. And I've always used the Psalms as a side dish. I've never used it as a main course. And I'm really enjoying doing that. And I hope one of the best questions you can ever ask someone, another believer is, where are you in the Word today? Because it holds us accountable to each other. And it helps us to, remember, to, to think, and it also encourages each other. This is where I was in the Word today. This is where I'm at in the Word today. I think that is so key. And I hope you're all in the Word. And I don't want to lay a guilt trip on anyone. I just want to encourage you to get in the Word on a daily basis. Psalm 114. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of a strange language, when Israel, Jacob, the people of Egypt were leaving, or people of Israel leaving Egypt, Judah became a sanctuary, Israel's dominion. Look at verse 3. The sea looked and fled because of the people of God coming. The sea looked and fled. 
Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee, O Jordan, that you turn back, O mountains, that you skip like rams, O hills like lambs? Look at verse 7. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Uh, Folks, when you, wherever you go, you bring the presence of the God of Jacob with you. Yes, I believe that. And the sea will split, and the mountains will jump. You bring, folks. You bring within you Christ within you the hope of glory wherever you go, wherever you go. Come on. Wherever you go, you're bringing Christ within you. And if Christ is within you, folks, discouragement, discouragement has no place. There's no place for us. I want to tell you what got me through discouragement, and I've been through quite a bit of it for almost no reason. I mean, look at objectively. I think, what was I discouraged about? But the enemy, his, one of his biggest weapons against you as you get older will be to discourage you. And there's lots of ways he'll do that. And I'd like you to, to write these down if you got to write with There's three things to do when you get discouraged. And this has changed my life. And what I'd like to do after we're done is I'd like to identify those of you struggling with discouragement. And we are going to break the power Amen. of discouragement over you. Come on. Because you bring with you the presence of the God of Jacob. And yes, yes. in your presence, the ocean will split. In your presence, you will be released from jail. Who read about the release of the prisoners and the captives? Somebody up here read that. Just Right there. That's, this, is, this, is what ha- this is what we proclaim by our presence. It, folks, if it doesn't happen when you go somewhere, it's because we're not in touch with that power. Or we discount it. Yeah. God doesn't want us discounting His presence in us. He wants us magnifying His presence in us. And there is no one in this room who can operate more in that power than anyone else. Everyone has an equal opportunity to bring the power. Folks, you, you, when you bring God with you, you bring all of God with you. You don't bring like a fourth of God or a third of God. You bring all of God with you. Because God is one. You got any of them? You got all of them. Well, I don't have the Holy Spirit. I just have Jesus. Folks, if you have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the risen Christ. If you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the love of the Father. You can't have a part of God. We can experience different persons of God, but when we do, we experience all of God. And when you bring God with you, you bring God with you. You bring the God of Jacob with you. Things happen. And they will happen. Here's the three things I want you to remember if you remember nothing else for tonight. If you face discouragement, I do what's called my three-step. And it works really well for me. And I'll work for you. Number one, the simplest one, admit that you're discouraged. Just acknowledge it. Folks, I am not into denial. Some of your problems are very real. Some of you are facing excruciatingly real problems. And this is one of the problems with a lot of stuff in the New Age movement. They kind of pretend like this stuff isn't real. And it is, folks. Some of you are facing some things that are very real. Some of you are facing things that are life-threatening, career-threatening, relationship-threatening. And as you get older, there will be more of those, not less. And sometimes we get discouraged because of those things. So number one is to recognize you're discouraged. Mm -hmm. Number two. Number two. Recognize the truth. Tell yourself the truth that discouragement never helps your very real problems. 
You may not be old enough to know this yet. Some of you are, some of you aren't. But I know people, in fact, I was just with one last night, my friend Keith. In one year, he got fired from his lucrative job, he lost his house, his wife left him, and he had a stroke. Whoa. This, this starts to happen as you get older. The older people here will know that people go through years like that. I had dinner with Keith last night. And you know what people never say on the other end of those things? Yeah, it was a tough year, but what really got me through it was the discouragement. It was the anxiety that pulled me through. It was, it was, it was, it was really, you know, it was hard, but discouragement is that one thing I clung to. And that's, that's, what, that's what got me through. Folks, discouragement adds no value. You recognize that you have it. You realize that it has no value. It, it, folks, I'm not saying your problem isn't real. Your problem is real, but the discouragement will make it harder for you to deal with. Somebody had a beautiful image from God back here about the shower or the, or the bathroom and the fog. Who had, who had that back here? That was... When you started saying that, I said, this is exactly where I want to go. Because, folks, it discouragement just clouds. It just clouds our... We can't even see reality. The more discouraged you get, the less you see things as they really are. Because the way things really are, folks, the very heart of reality in the whole universe is the love of God. And if you're discouraged, you're not seeing that. And if you're not seeing the love of God, you're missing something, that fog of discouragement. Folks, I was winning the third quarter. Looking back, my score was pretty good. But I was so in that steamy bathroom fog, and that was discouragement. I couldn't see it. Could not see it. And discouragement will cloud your ability to deal with your very real problem. Number one, recognize you're discouraged. Number two, tell yourself the truth that discouragement never helps. It just doesn't. Number three, I love this phrase. God is not worried. This is God up there going, oh boy, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. This thing is pretty bad. I just don't know. I get the stupidest emails from Christians. Oh boy, you know, Oprah's going to take over the world. Yep, 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 yep. She doesn't even believe in the Trinity. Said this to ten people. I think, yeah, God's up there worried, yeah, walking around, yeah. Oh my, I've been God all this time, but I'm going to be replaced by a talk show host. I won't be in charge anymore. No, 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 no. We're going to lose the election. We're going to lose the Supreme Court. We're doomed. We're doomed. I'm out of business. And Christians talk to me like they're so worried. Like, oh, this is the country. And it's like God is not in charge. You know, like, like he's worried. Folks, God may have a broken heart over your very real problems, but he's not worried about it. He knows exactly what needs to happen. And he is not out of control. God is large and in charge, and he is not worried about your problem. And here's the key. Recognize your discouragement. Tell yourself the truth that discouragement never helps. Number three, God is not worried. <laughs> So the second part of number three is, I want to align my thoughts with his yeah. about my problem. Since God does not worry about my problem, I want to think yep. about my problem like God does. Yep. And God is... Folks, can God have any fear? Mm-mm. If we're feeling fear, we're not aligning with God in that situation. Yeah. The great missionaries, the great evangelists, the people who are martyrs for the faith are people who go places and choose not to be afraid. Yeah. 
and sometimes they die. But they got trillions of years. And they choose not to go into fear. Folks, the enemy wants you to go into fear because he wants to split your thinking from God's thinking. The minute God gets you into a fearful place, you have separated yourself from the way God is looking at the situation. Now, am I, am I discounting your problems? No, I am not. Some of your problems in this room are very real. But God is not looking at them with fear. And if we align our thoughts with His thoughts, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Even if we don't live through it, we're going to be okay. That's the way that works. I would like to ask for some courage. I would like to invite somebody to come up here and just lead a little instrumental stuff. But I would like those of you who, like me, are brave enough to say that you're discouraged. I would invite you... Let's turn this light off. This is really bright. <laughs> I would like to invite you to stand up if you're dealing with discouragement. Kyle's not discouraged. He's just walking up here. If you're dealing with discouragement, go ahead and stand up. And I would like us... Those of you who are discouraged, let's let's spread around a little bit because we have... Oh, let's see. We have... We're probably going to have to go one-on-one -on -one with people, folks. Um, try to find your way to a person who's... There would be nothing more than discouraging than have somebody who's discouraged not get prayed for. So. <laughs> with those of you who are not standing up, make a superhuman effort to get to somebody. Maybe put a hand on each person to make sure we're all covered. And some of you have never done a deliverance before, but I would like you to pray for deliverance from a spirit of discouragement. And Lord, Lord, I just pray over the people that are praying right now that, may, that they may pray in confidence. I pray that they pray a three-part prayer for people, that they would recognize discouragement, that they would tell the truth about their discouragement, and that they would align their thoughts with yours. So we pray for that right now, Lord. I just pray for anointing for the people who are for praying over the people. Pray out loud. Go ahead and pray people through the steps.
should have been discouraged. But Joseph says, no, you don't understand. I'm Joseph. I'm all that. And I'm all that because the God of Jacob goes with me. And we just pray, Lord, to the presence of your Spirit in everyone here, Lord, so that they would sense that where they go, you go. Where they go, you go. And when they're discouraged, they can say, I'm all that. Yes. My name is Kyle. My name is Amy. My name is Andy. Come on. Yeah. And the God of Jacob goes with me. And the God of Jacob goes with me. You can take my life, but I have trillions of years. And God, you are not worried. You are not fearful. There is not a single atom of fear in you. Yes. And Lord, you might be brokenhearted over what's happening, but you are not worried. You are not afraid. You have courage. You have the answer, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, for solutions. I pray, Lord, that people's minds would align with yours. We, we pray, Lord, that we would line up with your word that says that we have the mind of Christ. Not we could or we should, but we have the mind of Christ. And Heavenly Father, if we have the mind of Christ, we have the ability to think your thoughts, to see this differently, to see it your way, Lord, to see it free of fear. Lord, I pray for the people in this room who are facing the biggest problems, Lord. And there's a handful of people here facing huge problems with their families, Lord, with their health, with their future, with their finances. Lord, there's people in this room who are broke in, in every way. Lord, there are people here who have right now are facing financial whatever. There are people facing debt that they don't think they can pay off, Lord. There's people in this room who are hurting, and you are not afraid. And you have the answer for them. And Lord, I just pray for a release right now. I pray, yes. Lord, pray that you would break the spirit of fear yes. over anyone here, Lord. Break the spirit of fear, Lord. Break the spirit of discouragement. We can do all things through your Son who strengthens us, Lord. All things means all things. There is nothing, Lord, that you can do that we can't do with you. If you can do it, Lord, we can do it because you go with us. And Lord, if your Son can heal the sick, we can heal the sick. And if your son could raise Lazarus, Lord, we can raise the dead. Lord, he asked us to raise the dead. And we do it, Lord, not because we're all that, but because we are all that when you're with us. Yes. We pray, Lord, that you would stretch our minds, Lord, to, to think of the possibilities we have yes. with you with us. Yes. Oh, I could never do it. Yes, we can, Lord. Yes, we can because of you. Not Just like Joseph says, I can't do this, but God can. And God's going to use me because we're just a wood shaving lower than you, Lord. You made us close to you so you could work through us. Lord, we change reality when we walk into the room because we bring you. We bring you into our families. So the people we share our lives with, we bring you into our schools. We bring you into our jobs, Lord. When we walk into the room, we change the room because you're with us. We pray that you would show us that. We pray for more of your spirit, Lord. More of you. More, Lord. More, Lord. More of your spirit. More, Lord. Pray for the filling of the spirit of the people around you. Pray right now. Lay hands on them. Pray for more of your spirit. More of your spirit now. More of you. More of your spirit. More of you, Lord. More of you. More of your spirit. More of your spirit. More of your spirit. More, Lord. More of your spirit, Lord. Lord, we receive your spirit. We receive all of you. We receive the risen Christ, Lord. We receive the love of you, the love of the Father. More of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. We receive all of you. Lord, we go with you. We bring all of you. We bring the God of Jacob with us, Lord. 
with that, what you were saying that uh, the Lord would say to you, and I just believe this is straight from the heart of the Lord, the straight from the heart of the Father. When you're with me, you're perfect. When you're with me, you're perfect. Not because of you, because you're close to me. If you're close to me, you're perfect because I am so holy that if you get close to me, you're going to be perfect. I just pray for those people right now, Lord, who need to get close to you, Lord. I just For those people who think that there, there's something wrong with them, Lord, just bring them close to you right now. And in your presence, Lord, they will be holy. We In, in your presence is joy and holiness, Lord. We pray for, for growth and holiness, Lord. Not through effort, not through through um, discipline, Lord. We pray for holiness through your presence, Lord. We look at the prodigal son who was running to the Father, Lord, and, and everything was right when he got close to the Father. It was wrong when he was far away, Lord. And I just pray for people to get close to God tonight. Just get close to God. His holiness would just fix everything. When you're with God, you are holy. When you're with God, you're perfect. Jesus' blood covers all of your sins. We pray for people to come close to God tonight. Knowing that in his in our weaknesses, in our brokenness, he is made strong. That's right. Um, Second Corinthians, the whole time he was speaking, God was just bubbling up in me the need to speak out Second Corinthians twelve nine. Because according to our culture, weakness is a horrible thing. Weakness and brokenness and vulnerability is a horrible thing. But in the but along with so much else that's part of the gospel, it's countercultural, that is so key. And our brokenness is when he is able to come in and put the pieces back together. So I just, I don't know who this is for, but he's saying, let me be strong in your weakness. Do not fear the brokenness, because in your brokenness, I'm able to take broken pieces and put them back together into something you would never be able to do on your own. Sometimes taking a little step begins to move us from that place of passivity or discouragement. For me, it's sometimes just singing out. So I'm just going to start singing it out. Sing something in English, sing something that you don't even know you're singing. But uh, when we start singing, it's like praying twice.
Let it come through a brother or sister. Through a simple touch, through a brother or sister, Holy Spirit be stirred in our yes. be, be poured out among us. Make up for any lack, Lord. You can do it. Do it. Thank you for the encouragement that you've given us tonight. Thank you, Father. You put courage back into our hearts. You slip courage in. Yes. Courage that we can do it. Courage that we can act as your representatives. Courage that we can make a difference wherever we go. Courage that you are with us and that you are for us. I think uh, if you want to receive more, stay in that, that frame. If you want to receive more, I think it's really important. But if you really feel like you need to go or you want to just catch up with someone in the other room, feel welcome to do that. But if you want to stay in this place, I think God is really touching people's hearts. So let's, let's stay in there. And if you're not getting any prayer and you'd like some, just put your hand shut up in the air or you're not, you want to get specific, maybe you just stay in this room and we can... Uh, Pray into that. Maybe turn to the person next to you and, and even explain a little bit about that situation if you feel comfortable. Yeah. Guys with guys, girls with girls. It's practically it's a lot easier. So yeah, feel free to, to grab food in the other room or to stay here. Carl and I and keep playing. And yeah. Just before we do that, I, w- I just want to bless Dave. Yes. I'm really thankful for him. I'm proud of him. I'm thankful for the steps that he's taken to go where the Lord's wanted him to go. Yes, we bless him. He's a powerful leader church that I have spent most of my time in, in the Lutheran church, and I'm really grateful that the Lord is raising him up and giving him influence. Uh, I'm delighted at this, so let's just bless him yes. now. First of all, let's say thank you. Thank you. Father, you say that you exalt those who humble themselves, that you're a father who likes to exalt your kids. And that's not what we're, 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 we want to humble ourselves so that you can do what you want to do. Thank you that you can put us in places. You can put us wherever you want us. You have no transportation problem. You can get us there. You can get us from here to there. And we bless David. You can get him from here to there. I pray that you uh, give him real faith to believe that you have a lot more wonderful things for him to do, a lot more places to go, people to touch, people to influence. And bless him that he will have faith, it'll seem natural for him, that he won't fight, he won't argue like, like Moses sometimes is, that, that you say something to him and say, okay, let's do it, let's go there, let's do that. I bless him now for the increase of that kind of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, like Steve said, if you want to uh, stay in here, this is where we'll pray. Out there, there's, a, there's an offering plate. Welcome to give if you want to. Uh, it'll go to um, help people go on mission trips, pay for expenses. So, in here is prayer, out there is fellowship.
Which one?
Stillwater with some guys that I've had starting. Let me know if uh, a couple of you guys would like to work. speaks over us and what his identity is so just just even now while we're still here in this place let's just let's just go to a place where we can listen to the Lord tell us what you think of Father call us by our name maybe not our earthly name but what you think Lord speak truth to our hearts truth to our souls mm, there's mighty power in your name yeah. I want to see heaven's reality over my circumstance yeah. speak heaven's reality over our bodies you say mine would you get in your rightful place would you line up with the word of God God starts to believe who the Lord tells us we are. 
We don't have to convince people who they are because the Lord is speaking to them. When they start acting like a son and a daughter of a living God, there's power right. and there's victory. Right. So we walk in that tonight, Lord. True identity in Jesus.
Oh, okay.
Shine.